Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Welcome back to the eighth episode already of the Short Track Talk podcast. Today, we have a very young writer with us. We've He's been writing in the World Cup, both in junior and under 23. He had a little injury this season that had him out for a while, but he came back and was able to race in the Worlds. And for those who don't know who he is yet, uh, today, we got here with us, Riley Amos. Good morning, Riley. How are you doing today? Good morning. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the podcast this morning. Oh no! It, it was it's absolutely my pleasure to have you here today. So first of all, how are you feeling off season? But I imagine it feels like a weird off season as you've had a few weeks off uh, already this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we're kind of past the the World Cup racing season, so it's kind of off season. But like you said, I had quite a few weeks off the bike this year with illness and injuries. So I'm still like doing lots of fun racing in the U.S. Um, just because I feel like I miss quite a bit of racing and I, I'm just hungry and want to race still. But yeah, from, from the World Cup season, it's definitely off season. So it feels a lot more relaxed. I can imagine also being home a bit more. Well, in this case, like you mentioned, you've been already, but uh, it's not the tension and the exigence that uh, World Cup requires is not the same. So how are you yeah. doing? How's everything going? How's that collarbone recovering? Um, I'm doing good. Yeah, my collarbone injury is about... 100%. Um, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't really bother me anymore. I'm super lucky how well it's healed. Um, still got a plate and seven screws in there that I think will stay in there for a while. But yeah, no, I'm feeling, feeling good. Um, yeah, it's good to be home. I can imagine. That's good to hear. So for you, it was like we mentioned, it was a weird season. You started off really well. Uh, your first international race within Chelwa this year, uh, you won it with very hard rivals and under 23 category then uh first world cup race in petropolis which was kind of a little bit weird for your team as uh, some of the members got sick and had to unfortunately not start or some of them had just to retire in the middle of the race and then uh you were performing really well like we mentioned eighth in albstad sixth in novemis so uh 12th in lenterheide and third in andorra and then the injury comes so how is that for you uh having a pretty good season i don't know was it where you had what you had planned at the beginning was it where you wanted to be um yes and no i mean yeah i had i feel like in brazil i started the season really well and like that was far from a perfect race like i had a big crash i had to like fix my bike from and like when i had that crash i broke my helmet and i had to like stop and fix my helmet in the race so to get fourth with a sprint still and like literally just barely missed the podium still was like just a great start like it couldn't have started any better and uh going to the next world cups like albstadt i had i had an, another little issue where like i kind of blew up really hard physically and wasn't sure why um and no mesto i had a crash in the start loop so like after the start loop was almost in 30th position so from a physical and like how i was riding standpoint like I felt really good. I knew I could be a like a, a contender from for the podium every race, but I just was struggling to like have a clean race start to finish. So um, after that that break, and we got to go to I didn't go to to Leo Gang actually to choose to to stay home and do some good training for later in the season. So when I got to go to Lenzerhide in that race, like was a really good execution start to finish. Like I had uh, no no issues or anything but it just like physically my body was definitely a bit shocked from the racing so next week in Andorra when I had that really good ride to the podium it was like yes we're finally figuring this out 
the body's like coming around perfect time of the year. Um, so I was super stoked for the rest of the season, just knowing that like this slow build through the season for these key races coming like world champs uh, and national champs um, that I was on track to hopefully do really well there. So then when I crashed uh, two days before national championships back in the U S and broke my collarbone, it just like, was just like a, such a gut wrencher because yeah, like I could just see this trajectory playing out how I was, hopefully coming into form and figuring this out and starting to ride really well. So that just like threw a curveball for sure to, to, to my plans and motivation. But luckily with, uh, with a doctor here in Colorado that I had surgery with, he did a super good job. And uh, luckily the collarbone injury is like a pretty minor injury in the scheme of things, as far as how well my recovery went and um, how fast I was able to be back on the bike training. Was super lucky but I definitely lacked a little bit of the mountain bike training I literally was cleared to ride a mountain bike for the first time since my injury so I, I had my injury I had surgery and four weeks after that I was cleared to ride a mountain bike for the first time on Thursday and then that Sunday I flew to France for the world championships so I literally had like two mountain bike rides on my mountain bike before I raced the team relay that Wednesday um so I definitely didn't feel like super comfortable on the bike. And I felt like my, my upper body was super weak from just being able to train on the road and not being able to do much strength training in the gym. Uh, but so all things considered, I had a good team relay lap for our team and we came, we got the bronze medal in the team relay event for USA. And then in the, my individual event, like I had a really good race start to finish, no issues, good start. I feel like I paced really well and I still managed eighth place. So not necessarily the like goal I originally had, but all things considered, it was like definitely a solid, a solid ride and the best I could do on the day with the, with the situation. So because of how well that went and I knew just having to get back into racing, I was going to feel better and ride better the next weekend. It was just such another blow when I got to Val the Soul next week and tested positive for COVID. And so, yeah, it was definitely a roller coaster of a season. Um, but hopefully we got a lot of learning and, and mistakes and bad luck and injuries out of the way for next year. That's, yeah. I'd say that's for sure. After the season you had, uh, we could call you were having a little bit of an uphill climb season because you were slowly progressing towards the, towards the top. And then the crash came, uh, then Worlds, COVID. It was quite surprising. I mean, I must say that in the Worlds, you ended up eighth uh in france and let's get without having basically been able to train on the mountain bike so uh, i already say that's pretty impressive by itself and then like you mentioned baldi Soli, you were probably hyped up and it just didn't turn out the way you were expecting so i believe for sure that uh with this season over i'm sure uh injuries and COVID and everything will hopefully be gone and next season would be better and a little I bit of a so. question. Fingers, crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed yeah and a little bit of a different question How are you doing uh, mentally this season? It's been like you mentioned a roller coaster. You've you've taken some big blows. We could call it like that, some big hits, especially when you were at your best or when you were most excited for. So how have you been dealing with that? Um, yeah, honestly, I think pretty well. Like when you have a big crash and an injury, at first it's like a bit heartbreaking for sure. But with that injury, like I knew what the process was going to look like to come back. And at first, like, I wasn't sure if I was going to get to go to world champs. So that was hard. But then it was like, we were right on the edge of like, maybe I can go to world champs still, um, if everything goes well. So at that point, it's like, 
I feel like I stayed positive by kind of taking that chance into my own hands to do everything as well as I could recovery wise and training wise to set myself up for success. And I think that's kind of how I stayed positive. Instead of like dwelling on the what if, I kind of set my head with, I'm going to be as prepared as I can be to go to world champs if my body lets me. So like I still made that a goal. I still created that a goal. And throughout the other issues um, and just things this season, same thing. It was just like, okay, we've learned from this. Let's take this to the next race, like what we've learned. So I, I kind of just like, I feel like I stayed pretty positive mentally um, through the season. Definitely was really hard in Valdezol though when I got COVID, just because like we had we had gotten to race worlds and we're all the way across the world to race and like something as simple as COVID when I've had it already two times before that, like that was my third time having COVID. So like I felt like I had two days of very very mild symptoms, and like I totally could have raced, but just like being there being so close to like a race and especially a race at the end of the season where spirits are high, you know, everyone's, everyone's in a good mood. You've made it to the end of the season. You finished the last world cup and everyone like has a good time. And it, it, like, just, it's always ending on a high note, you know, you've made it to the end of the season and spending, spending that last race in a hotel room for five days was like a huge blow for sure. But honestly, just looking forward to getting home and seeing good friends and family and, spending some time doing what I love at home is like, was the next thing I looked forward to, you know? So always, I think looking forward is how I try and keep, uh, keep a good positive attitude about everything, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'd say it's a pretty good philosophy, just taking it one step at a time and not overthinking it, which is probably one of the main reasons some people just stay in the way uh, overthinking uh, when having bad seasons or some injuries or crashes, it just doesn't help. It just gets you stuck and doesn't let you keep going. So that's that. So now we've talked a little bit about this roller coaster season for you. And let's let's take a little jump back and let's see how Rally first got on a bike when he was a kid. Uh, you want to tell a story here? Sure. Yeah, I'm from um, I'm born and raised in Durango, Colorado, and I'm super fortunate that this little this small town has a very as you guys a small this small village has a very good um, mountain biking community. Ever since uh, the, the the 1990s, actually, when Ned Overend won the first mountain bike world championships, actually here in Durango, Colorado, was the uh, first ever mountain bike world championships. So ever since he kind of seed into the community, like um, we were super fortunate where I lived to have amazing riding, amazing mountains, but mostly an amazing community of people and pro riders to train with and ride with and lots of local racing all the time. So when I was around 10, 10, 12 years old, um, I joined a program called Durango Devo, which is literally uh, just a youth cycling club that is now starts as early as like like two-year-olds on push bikes before they can even pedal. It's just like a club for kids to, to get together and ride with coaches and just have a good time and just the, the goal of the program is to like create lifelong cyclists one ride at a time it's like the, the slogan of the the program so joining that when i was young and just enjoying riding bikes with friends and enjoying progressing and racing you know friends up the hill and back down kind of got me just like hooked on mountain biking and I didn't really start racing until I was like 14, 15 years old with some, some local races and just races around the state. And then when I was 16, 
I really started to get this competitive bug to race and was able to go to some bigger national level races around the country and went to my first ever national championships and won my first national champs in the, when I was 16 years old. So that kind of kicked off this spark for for racing at a high level for me. And then the next year I was able to join the Bear National Team, which is like a, um, a junior development team based in California that takes riders from all around the U.S. and really is a special program because of how it gives young riders from 15, 16, 17, 18 years old through U23 like a really good pipeline of support and fun and just um, a whole network of like introducing kids to trying to race the sport at the highest level and eventually transitioning them hopefully into being the professional rider. So I, I was just super lucky to, to always have community and people around me who are into the sport and into racing who kind of like brought me under their wing and showed me the way. Um, and yeah, I, I, that's, I've loved it ever since. And that's kind of how I got into it and got to where I am today. That's a really good story. And always hearing about uh, local support and local clubs and how you grow up in them and you just slowly evolve to bigger, bigger scenarios and bigger events. It's, it's always such a good story to hear. And uh, you mentioned you got competitive, more competitive, you know, that competitive bug you mentioned when you were when you were 16 and before that was it your idea to join the club or was it your parents wanted you to do some sport or did you just like enjoy enjoy riding the bike and you asked them to join um when i was younger like i played quite a bit of sports when i was like 12 to 16 years old i was part of this drago devo program i told you about i also played like lacrosse and I tried a lot of other like standard U.S. sports, um, like like uh, soccer, football, and baseball. And so like I tried a lot of different things, and like didn't didn't love doing a lot of the other sports. Um, but I loved playing lacrosse. And I loved race or loved riding bikes with Devo. And like eventually, when I was like I said, like I was 16 years old, and I started to get this competitive bug. It was like I couldn't do both sports super well at a high level, so I'd like but I kind of chose cycling to put my full energy into. But originally when I started Drango Devo, it was like my parents just trying to introduce me to lots of sports and activities to keep me busy. And uh, like that's how I first joined Devo. And my, my dad also rode mountain bikes as well. He, he never like raced at a high level or, or at all or professionally, but he loved to ride mountain bikes. And so he definitely was the first one who just, taught me how to ride and introduced me to a bicycle for the first time. Oh, that's really nice to hear. Such a good story. And always uh, trying different sports. It's a good way of uh, knowing which one you're going to like and which one you just don't. And then, like you mentioned, 16 first national champs. Uh, you won, I imagine that was before junior. And then in yeah. 20, 2019, you won your first junior national championship, which you could call a little bit more important because it's already in the UCI category. So it, it is kind of a bigger deal. So how is that for you uh, being the junior national champ and meaning that you would go to the Worlds that year? Yeah, that, that year was like such an amazing year because like you said, it was my first time in the junior category, being able to race UCI events and kind of travel to some bigger races. And like I said, I had the support of their national team and at 17 years old to be given a bike and to have access to a mechanic and to get to go to multiple races around the country and even travel up to Canada during the season to race. It was like all completely new to me and so much fun. Like me and my best friends on this team just got to go all over the country and the continent to race 
and like we just had so much fun doing it and got to see so many cool places and that was my first experience like really traveling um out of country and so I think because we were just having so much fun and getting to race all these cool places with my best friends is why I did so well and like you said I was able to win the junior national champs as my first year in the category and qualified to go to worlds in Mount St. Anne, Canada that year um and it was just it was all just like so new and exciting to me and like that was so cool and at the at the world championships like I had a <laughs> I had a bit of um bad luck you could say also just like so excited and inexperienced like I got to do the team relay event there as well um and we won a we won the silver medal <laughs> but during my relay lap I just like had a silly crash and just crashed really hard so I felt like all these people that I looked up to like Christopher Blevins and Kate Courtney and Haley Batten, who I was on the relay team with that year, they were just like massive stars to me and getting to like race with them on a team was like this crazy thing. And I was just like, so excited that I think I was super nervous. Um, and so I like crashed in the team relay race and in the, the individual race, like had a really good start and was riding top 10 for the first couple laps as my as a first year junior and I snapped the chain um so like I said just like lots of learning and experience when I was that first year junior but I think it was just all so exciting and cool and amazing to me is why I, I had a good good season in the juniors absolutely yeah and then like you mentioned uh some small names you just mentioned christopher Babinski, corny it's just i imagine uh racing with them it must be something really special and something really important for you at the same time so i imagine especially as a junior it's not it's not easy to to have all the hype and all that all that energy with inside and then uh 2020 uh covid year was for everybody difficult year but you still made it to your first junior world cup which was in Novimesto, and you got fifth, which is really, really good. Like for first being a first junior World Cup, but I imagine, of course, it was a different World Cup. Uh, COVID was still going. I imagine lots of people missing there. But how is it for you to being actually able to go to the event and race over there? Yeah, that was my first time uh, ever going to Europe, so it was all new to me. And getting to race the legendary the track that Noah Mesto is was just so cool to me. I had never ridden a track anywhere near that. I had never seen that level of mountain bike racing in that course and getting to race it like wet. Um, it had rained quite a bit that week against a field. That's obviously the best in the world. All the European juniors who were riding really well were at that race. So like all new experience for me still in the second year junior. And I was able to get fifth and my teammate, Bjorn actually got fourth or third. Third. So we were both on the, yeah. we were both on the podium, like our first ever junior world cup together. Um, and it was really awesome. But at the same time, like I knew I could ride even better for sure. Just feeling how I felt in that race. And so it was literally the only two big races a year for me was that junior world cup. And then the very next weekend was world champs. So that was my whole race season of 2020 basically. And the next weekend at, uh, at world champs like i knew i could have a really good race based on how i felt last week and it was the most crazy conditions i think i've still probably ever raced to this day it was like the most crazy mud and it was so deep and so slick and the course is so steep um 
so there was so much of that race that we were just off the bike running. We we're like trying to just make it through the feed zone because it was on this off-camera grass hill that got so muddy. So we're like trying to take a bottle, drink, somehow ride one-handed as we're all like sliding across the feed zone. And then the mud was so thick that it was just destroying our bikes. And the entire top five, except for the guy who won that year, um, like was had dropped their chain at least once because the mud was clogging so bad. So like I had a perfect start to that race and I was actually like leading at one point in the race um, and then just had quite a few mechanicals from crashes to the chain dropping. There's so much mud in my cassette actually that the chain was like skipping over the top of the cassette. So I'm trying to take a bottle through the feed zone and like use that bottle to spray out my cassette. Um, so it was just so crazy. And that experience as a junior, I think is so important because it just is like the absolute hardest race you can possibly have. So therefore teaches you so much and like you've, you learn so much for the future from it. And on the very last climb of that race, I actually passed Luca Martin and was in third place into the last downhill and uh, would have been, I think the first junior male uh, world championships medal for the U S ever. And I was like in, into the last downhill, like starting to tear up, like just amazed at like what was happening. And I crashed like literally the last corner of the entire race and Luca passed me back. So I got fourth in my, in my last year, junior world champs. So that was just like such a heartbreak because I was so close to a, a world's medal. Um, and yeah, that, that was, <laughs> that was my junior career ended like that. Yeah. It's, it's just one of those stories. Uh, very few people know about it. Then would you just tell them it just, it's one of those stories that happened to a lot of people actually, because it really is about learning. It's how, I wonder how many people it's happened that they were about to win a race or to win something really important and they just uh, relaxed themselves or got emotional and last minute it just changed. So it's not, yeah. I'm sure it's not, it's not a one-time thing uh, for anybody for sure. But like you mentioned at the beginning, it's all about a matter of learning and you've, I'm sure at some point, well, uh, you'll be at a world championships podium for sure. Maybe it won't be a junior category anymore as I don't think you'll be able to raise it anymore, but for sure in future categories. And yeah, so uh, this year, it was also a different year for you. We could call it because you were also starting to race with the Trek factory racing team. So first of all, how was, were you excited when they first contacted you? Like, hey, Riley, we would love to have you on the team how is that those first moments when as such a big structure and such a big team when with such big names really contacts you and tells tells you that they want you to race with them? Yeah, I think that started last year actually. As I had I had those two junior years, you know, that I told you about lots of lots of learning, lots of mistakes and things happening. And so last year I was riding for the Bear National team, but the they had actually talked to Trek factory racing had actually talked to me about letting me come with the team to a couple world cups last year to get to have the ability to race those world cups and just like have a chance and the experience. So I was super, super excited for that as far as I had never had an opportunity like that before. And last year, the first three world cups this season were just 
absolutely incredible. Like I went to my first ever World Cup in under 23 category and started, I don't know, third, fourth row and placed fifth in my first ever World Cup. The very next weekend, placed second in my second ever World Cup. And a couple weeks later in Leo Gang, I won the World Cup. Like first three World Cups ever in a row. So like the how well those went and how lucky I was and how well, perfect my under 23 season started was just like mind-blowing, unbelievable. And so after that was when I really started talking to the Trek team about joining the team for real. Um, and yeah, that that was just mind-blowing. Like how well the my first three World Cups went last season and getting the opportunity to talk up to this team and to make you know, racing at the professional level, my job and focus and especially being able to do that, like with one of the best teams in the entire world, it was like pure heaven last year. Like I, everything was happening so fast and like, it was so incredible to have those opportunities. And yeah, after just having a really good experience with the people with, of Trek factory racing and have riding, been riding for Trek since I was a junior, like I told you with the Bear National team, so it was just like a really natural fit to take that next step with Trek because of how well they had invested in me and believed in me and the experiences I'd, I'd had, but also just being able to learn from and ride with like the amazing riders on the Trek factory racing team, as you know, obviously holding world champions, Olympic champions, some of the best guys in the world was just like a really awesome place for me to be and super lucky. So this year was my first year like you said, riding for the factory racing team and getting to be a part of the program for real and as a true member of the team. And it's definitely like a rocky year at times for the team with crazy injuries and sickness and just some hard luck here and there. But overall, it was a super good year. And I learned so much and made like awesome friends with guys like Vlad Daskalou and Anton and Evie and Yolanda and Maddie as well. So we had... I was like the riders had a, just a super good year together. And like the, that, those people are some of like my best friends now and I'm still learning so much, but when you have like a team that the, the riders are just really close and like, it's a fun environment for me, that's huge. And that's like what creates success for me. So it's been really good. I think next year is going to be even better for the team. Uh, yes. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, you basically uh, took all my questions, uh, sharing, sharing a team with, uh, none other than the world champion, the Olympic champion, uh, two Olympians such as Anton and Vlad. I had the chance to interview Anton as the second episode of this podcast. It was really interesting and such a good athlete and a person too. Uh, he was yeah, really kind to share. Yeah. So, but I got to ask you, you're an under 23 rider. Uh, first day you walk into the team tent and you've got a world championship jersey. You got a Olympic champion bike. Is it intimidating at all? Yes, for sure. And not just because of that, but because it, it's also like you're the young rider on the team and you don't have much experience doing this. And you're like trying to learn the ropes of the team uh, and how it works because like it truly was my first time being around a factory level team. So just like trying to cut my teeth, understand how things work, the flow. Um, and yeah, as a, as a young rider with, with riders like that, like there's definitely pressure that you don't realize, but yeah, I have, I'm super young and I have 
like a long time to to prove myself and hopefully rise to the level that some of the other riders are at. So I have to ask, was there ever ever a moment when you said something or asked something and immediately you were like, oh, I should not have asked this? <laughs> um that, like there that, was. I probably I can't that, think of like that you can tell publicly of, of course. I'm trying to think of like a specific <laughs> example, but like yeah, there's just like times when like you just there's so much like clockwork of how the team operates um efficiently just like how things are done um and like i definitely just had to learn that and sometimes it's just like by making a fool of yourself at times but like overall it was really really good and i think those experiences are beneficial and teach you as well like you have to have them i mean of course and at the end they always play a part of your friendship at the end of just making some uh, some some mistakes some some funny stories to be able to tell with your with your friends like you mentioned so already that's and i'm sure that's a really interesting interesting situation to go into such a such a big team being su such a young rider and also having uh, maddie who's one year older than you but also kind of in a similar situation as you are right now, racing under 23 and having really good results. You both seem as really good prospects in the future. Well, you both already are in the top 10 of the World Cup. So that's already something. And have you thought, like, if you were on a bike, have you ever thought if you'd do something else, like concerning studying or maybe another sport or something similar? Yeah, I don't, I'm not totally sure. Like, I definitely... I actually started going to university. Um, I did one year at university before, last year before I, uh, or technically like, yeah, about a year ago. Um, I did one year at university and before I had signed with Trek and I was like kind of planning on trying to do both, um, trying to raise both at the time because like I didn't have a, a pro contract so I was planning on going to university and I was studying economics but I honestly like wasn't totally sure what I wanted to study at university so when like I had the opportunity that I have I decided to stop going to school but if I didn't if I wasn't riding professionally I think I'd go back to school but a, a hard part is I'm just not totally sure what I what I want to study like I love I love working um in building things and working my hands working on vehicles um and being outside and so like i'm i would want to i'm curious to know like if i wasn't racing what what my passion and what i would do because honestly i'm not totally sure like i would definitely have to figure it out a bit <laughs> well that's totally a fair answer i mean there's no right or wrong answers just uh, sometimes you know sometimes you don't and that's that's about it yeah. right and... now i don't i think i would have to i would i think i'd figure it out pretty quick if i if i didn't have cycling for sure And we've talked a lot about cycling, so let's leave it that aside for a little bit. Uh, what is it you like to do? Uh, well, you just mentioned uh, building things, uh, repairing cars, and getting your hands on cars. But is there anything in particular you just enjoy doing outside of racing and riding bikes? Yeah, I love to go. I love fishing. Uh, we have a. I live in the mountains. We have a lot of awesome, um, like mountain rivers and creeks to go fly fishing for trout. So that's a lot of fun. I love hanging out with friends and camping with friends and doing that. Um, but yeah, like I have a, like I kind of said before, there's just like an awesome community of people where I live. So I have just like a lot of good friends who I enjoy hanging out with and spending time with and having a good laugh. But yeah, spending time outside, camping, fishing, working on 
vehicles, my truck. That's kind of my passions outside of cycling right now. So it's a truck uh, that cuts in for you outside of cycling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's fair enough. And a question that just came up to my head, I asked uh, Gwen Gibson two weeks ago, I asked Alessandra Kalilo last week. And I asked because I think it's something really interesting and that people might not see, but is there a rider you have a really good relationship with, but when you go both go get on the bike, you just have such a healthy competitive relationship that just push push each other. Like someone yeah, I think I'm super lucky to say that, oh, I'm sorry. I think I'm super lucky to say that I have that with a lot of riders, honestly. Like in the U23 field, I feel super lucky to say that like I'm I'm good friends with a lot of the riders. Like for sure we're racing to win against each other on the race course, but like we get along really well and like have good friendships outside of it, especially with like honestly like Martin Vidoir, um, Carter Woods, um, old teammate and best friend like Bjorn Riley, one of my other old teammates and best friends, Braden Johnson. Uh, like we all have really good relationships and like all respect each other and enjoy hanging out with each other and then just like racing as hard as we can on the course as well like we don't have any bad competitive blood between us um so i'm super lucky to say that but i also just like respect guys like vlad and anton and christopher blevins a lot uh just learn a lot from them and just they're just fun cool people that i enjoy spending time with and yeah, I'm lucky to say that I have that with a lot of people, honestly. Of course, uh, absolutely. It's one of the things you receive from the sport. You give so much, but you also re- do receive a lot. And in this case, there's a lot of friendships. Lots, lots of people you get to actually know that share a passion with you and share many times most of the hobbies, just having an active life in general and sharing mostly interest, which is always fun. And like you mentioned, uh, I think the best part of the sport is just uh, meeting people who you have a really healthy competitive relationship with because it just pushes everybody to be better and enjoy and have even more fun. So, yeah, so thanks uh, for sharing that. And then I was wondering, uh, it's been a difficult year for you. So you started off really well, like we mentioned at the beginning, uh, then it's been a little bit of a roller coaster. But have you got any goals in mind for next season that you know, like, hey, I want to perform really well here, or I got this, I want to, I don't know, like any goals in particular that you have in your head right now for next season or maybe you've not thought about it yet no I definitely do and to me this season was a season of learning my first season riding with the factory team my first season truly racing as much of the world cup season as I could physically and um (laughs) injuries and stuff but racing the full world cup season um so like this season was a season of learning and next season I want to like have a season of consistent performance and execution and taking everything I've learned and and doing it really well next year. So I think I'm starting to grow and mature a lot physically and like mentally. And I want to really take everything I've learned and next year execute really well and consistently and really pursue podiums, pursue a, a world cup overall podium and pursue a podium at world champs and maybe even the win like for sure that's my goals as almost every other rider could say you know but like biggest thing is trying to take everything i've learned from this year in the last two years and execute really well next year and have just really good consistent 
performance at the highest level next year it's basically applying all that learning like you mentioned and just uh, making the most out of it absolutely and sometimes yeah. some circumstances are out of your hand but absolutely of course uh, trying to make the most out of it and enjoy of course the racing and then uh, one particular question that i can ask you being a young rider can't ask everyone that but once you enter the the factory team was there something about uh, all these good riders that just shocked you at the beginning, like that surprised you and that amazed you? Like once you walk into the team tent and you see Evie or Yolanda or Anton or Vlad uh, doing something that just shocked you at the beginning that like you would say, like you were truly amazed to see them doing that? Um, Kind of like that. But honestly, it, the, I think the coolest or shocking or amazing, however you want to put it, thing is, getting to know all these people that you, you know, have looked up to or you idolized or you think you know who they were through social media or interviews you've seen with them. Honestly, getting to know them for who they really are was super cool and interesting. Um, and also, I guess, shocking at times because they can not be who you think in a sense of like just learning and seeing that they're all they're all just real good people. They're not some like in a way because of what they're able to accomplish physically, athletically, they're incredible, amazing, one of a kind people, but also just getting to like know their personality and knowing that they're just like also at the end of the day, humans and real people and make mistakes and learn from them. And like, you can share similarities with them. I think it was really cool. Like just to like this, idle creature you know you've looked up to is really just like a pretty cool human on the inside for the most part i think that's getting to like learn that and see that and experience that was pretty cool of course i can imagine like someone you've always idolized to say call it like that and that you've picked uh and that you've seen raise uh, probably where you want to be in a few in the near future and being able to share time with them and ask them, I'm sure, many questions for them to be able to share their experience with you and help you. It's it's a learning experience, but it's probably, I'm sure, one of the best things about being on the team and just sharing time with them besides getting to know them. So that's for sure good. So first of all, I wanted to thank you for everything you've been telling us and letting us know. It's been very interesting stories, actually. And just uh, thank you for coming to the podcast. And then... Uh, as the last question, uh, no more questions, I swear. I'm probably one of the most difficult ones. Uh, could you tell me a song to put at the end of the podcast? I always do this. Uh, something you enjoy listening to, something that gets you hyped up. I don't really mind at all. Just something you enjoy to put at the end of the podcast. <laughs> oh, man, that's hard. I'm going to have to like, go through the phone. I listen to so much music of like all sorts of crazy genres. Uh, thank you for having me on the podcast. I appreciate it. It's really good talking with you. Um, but yeah, I listen to like all sorts of music. I listen to like house music, rap music, hip hop, like um, country music even. I want to know if you've listened to any country music. Uh, we haven't had any country music so far on, I got to say. <laughs> I, I, I do listen okay. to country sometimes, but uh, nobody's ever given me that request so far but Let's i'll see. i'll be happy to, Looking to see if i can anymore. find a good country music song uh, anything works really uh just <laughs> whatever <laughs> you're in the mood for but we have to find some good country music for you you have to put a country song for sure because no one's heard it 
in Europe, you guys don't listen to country music very much. Uh, not that often. That is very true. Not that often. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I'll send you something after I find. Cool. Okay. Perfect. Uh, so thank you for the interview and best of luck in the future, right? Thank you, Enrique. Appreciate it. It's been a wreck, me, we. 60 plus from dawn to dusk in the red dirt heat Busting it up for a couple of bucks But it ain't no thing Just another day till I'm on my way to them cool, cool sheets And you and me working on the night shift, baby I do too, yeah, I love how you leave on the lights Not a thing between you and me And it feels so nice when you Baby